On this episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast, we talk about Adoption Home Study 101 with Lori Frost. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. My name is Tim Elder. I'm an adoptive dad, two times working on number three. And this show is all about domestic infant adoption and helping you on your journey to adopt faster, cheaper with less stress so you can realize the dream of becoming parents through adoption. And thank you so much for connecting with me and finding this show I'm so happy to bring you another great episode today. This one's all about adoption home studies and just really digging into the the nitty gritty of it and finding out what it is and what how you can find an adoption home study provider, how much they cost, some common perceptions, and uh, what you what you can expect from an adoption home study. So we have Lori Frost on the show today, which is great because she's got so much experience. She's a licensed social worker. And for years and years, and we'll get into her background, but uh, she's just got so much experience to share with us. So it's going to be great to um, get all that information. And by the end of the show, you'll know not only what a home study is and uh, why you need one, but how to get one and uh, all the basic information. And even beyond that, um, to help you start your adoption process off right. So let's get into that interview with Lori Frost right now. Okay, everyone, on the show today, we have Lori Frost. She's the founder and executive director of Adoption Support Services of Florida, which is a licensed child placements agency. She is a licensed clinical social worker for 25 years and is here to talk with us about the adoption home study process because she's been doing them for 18 years and personally has completed over 1,500 of them for families. She's a great resource and uh, she's here to help us understand and get the information we need uh, about the home study process because a lot of us, especially those that are just starting out, uh, really it's kind of a a mystery or not really sure. And there's a lot of fear, I think, involved in what the home study is. And everybody knows that you need one, but uh, how do you get one and all those questions surrounding home study. We'll see how many we can get through in today's podcast. So welcome, Laurie, to the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you for having me. Yeah, pleasure to have you. And I, I just wanted to start off really to hear about your background, like how you got in the adoption world. You got a lot of experience, especially with home studies. So, I mean, that's that's great. It's great to, for us to hear and get your experience on the podcast. So what what's your background? How'd you get into it? Well, after I became a licensed clinical social worker, I kind of did the typical route of many social workers and went into kind of the uh, psychiatric field doing private practice, working at several psychiatric hospitals, that type of thing. And then after a few years, you know, I just decided that I wanted to do something a little more positive, being with people and helping people that are uh, doing something really new in their lives. And so that is really kind of how I fell into the adoption world. It was really just a matter of um, finding an agency and interviewing and they hired me and trained me in how to do adoptions and how to do the home study process. Uh, after I had been doing that for several years, I realized that I could really do these home studies independently through, um, through my own license, and that way I could charge families less uh, because there's no middleman, and uh, I could also really give the families the care 
that I wanted them to have and the attention that I wanted them to have. So I began doing home studies for families independently as a social worker. Then in uh, 2004, some laws changed, and I was doing some uh, home studies for international adoption. Some laws had changed requiring that international home studies be done by a licensed child placing agency. So it was at that time that I decided I really wanted to help all families, no matter what adoption venue they chose. So that is when I found and opened Adoption Support Services of Florida, which is a licensed child placing agency. Um, my agency is actually licensed to do adoptions. I, I could do adoptions. However, I have chosen not to. I just am wanting to do the home studies for families. So that way I can really specialize in just that service for families. It also helps me uh, with the opportunity to give families referrals to agencies and things like that without there being any kind of conflict of interest. So my whole uh, focus is just on the families and helping them with the home study process. Yeah, very nice. And you do home studies just for families in Florida, right? Yes. Okay, the, just want to be clear. Uh, you must have your home study done by an agency mm -hmm. or a social worker licensed in your own state. So unfortunately, I am restricted to just Florida. Yeah, I just wanted to make that clear up the top. Uh, Absolutely. Because we, we obviously reach to uh, people all over the country. So yes. yeah, every state's different. That's the reason for that is uh, every state laws, adoption laws are different. And yeah. Correct. Okay, great. Uh, so it's really cool to talk to somebody that just has so much experience with the home study. I just have a ton of questions. But let's just start at the basics. Can you just describe what a home study is and why we need it? <laughs> right. Well, the home study in and of itself is a report that's usually about five to ten pages long that approves a family to adopt. That's actually the short answer. Um, the longer answer is a home study, like you just mentioned, Tim, is required by all states in order to gr for a family to bring a child into their home. So there, um, no family can adopt a child without a home study, an approved home study. What the home study actually does or the report uh, does is it shows that a family is financially, emotionally, uh, physically capable of parenting a child. So in order to be able to show that, obviously, the home study provider, uh, there's several documents that we need from families. We do background clearances, uh, child abuse background checks. We check personal references, employment references. We uh, get financial information, physicals. We have interviews with the family, and we also go and visit their home. So all the documentation and information that we get through that process we write up in a report that kind of summarizes everything we've done and also summarizes some of the history of the family. Then at the very end of that report, there will be a statement that is basically saying we approve the family to adopt a child. There's usually an age range or something like that um, at the end of the report. Uh, with that report, families can then go to any agency or attorney they choose to use for their adoption and provide that report to them. Um, most agencies and attorneys, when a family calls at the beginning of the adoption process, most agencies and attorneys, the first question they'll ask is, are you home study approved? And so it's really the first step that families need toward their adoption process. 
Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned first step because I have a couple of podcasts ago, we had a an adoptive father on that uh, was adopted twice. And one of their instances, one of their situations uh, when they adopted the family that was chosen by their child's birth parents wasn't able to be selected because they didn't have their home study completed, which is a right. just a tragedy. I mean, you get that far and I don't know, I don't know the situation, but you can imagine what they've been through to get to the point where they actually want to adopt and they've been chosen by birth parents and then they don't have their adoption home study approved and done. So they miss out on that opportunity. So uh, I just want to restate that importance of it is really is your first step before it, you do really anything else. Step. And, and, you know, a lot of people, they're hesitant to take that first step sometimes because it is a, a risk in a way, you know, people don't always want to start the process unless they know there's actually a child that they're wanting to adopt. And unfortunately, that doesn't always work in the family's best interest, because if they're waiting to actually get matched with a child or for a child baby to come into their midst, um, there may not be time to complete the home study. So it's always a good idea to just, you know, start with your home study process, and then once that home study is completed, then take the next steps to finding an agency attorney or, or whatever you need to complete your adoption. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to be missing out on an opportunity. And, you know, well, that kind of gets us into the next part of next question is, well, okay, say that's our first step. How long does it take? I mean, people are chomping at the bit to get going here to adopt and there's a, they know there's a lot of waiting going on. So... Mm-hmm. How long does it generally take? I mean, I know it probably depends on the state, right? So every state has different laws. and It depends on, there's actually several factors it depends on. And obviously I get that question all the time from families who call me and they say, well, how long until our home study is completed? And the first um, thing that I say to the families is much of the timing is actually up to the family. Um, there's no way that I could actually say, I'll have your home study done in three weeks because if the family doesn't provide me with the paperwork I need, I cannot complete their home study. You know, I don't have the information mm-hmm. I need. So a lot of the timing is very much up to the family in just how quickly they can get some of the required paperwork completed, because obviously the home study provider can't finish the home study unless that is completed. Um, the, uh, the process, as far as what needs to be done with the home study, of course it does vary from state to state, but it really has more to do with the home study provider that the family uses and how quickly they work. Um, with, with my particular families, I tell people it takes a, a, the average takes about four to six weeks for the family to complete the paperwork. And I can get their home study written within about a week. So, but I've had families much quicker than that. I've done families' home studies in just one week. Three days, I think, was the quickest. <laughs> wow. Because they just were, you know, they were in a hurry, and we did the home visit, we did the interviews, they had all their background clearances all, you know, done already, that kind of thing. Um, and then there's other families that I've had that have been in process for eight, nine months. Mm. And I keep in touch with them and say, hey, you know, still, this is still some paperwork that I need from you. And they'll come back and go, yes, we're still working on it. We just, you know, got sidetracked with something else or whatever. So, um, so it does, it, it varies so greatly, but again, it, it's very much up to how quickly the families can get their home study done. Um, 
but like I said, I would say average. Um, with most health study providers, they would probably say two to three months. Uh, it tends to be quite a bit quicker with, with my services, but that would be, I think, what a family could expect is about two to three months. Yeah, we've been through it twice. I don't know, I'm sorry, three times now because we started our third adoption here. And I would say it got quicker for us because we knew what to expect and we knew to jump on the background checks and all that. But it, I would right. say that's about right. Four weeks is about mm-hmm. uh, the, what it took us for this last one. And that was pretty streamlined because we knew what we were doing. <laughs> exactly. and, and the social worker we work with knows us too. So that helped. Uh, but right. yeah, right. I would say to get your background checks, I mean, you're subject to uh, government entities getting things done for you there so to get the background checks and things like that. So it, it's right. going to take There's time. some things that we just have absolutely no control over yep. the timing of. And, and one of those things is the background clearances, how quickly they get processed. Yeah. And we, rather than getting into the nitty gritty of that, I mean, really, you need to talk to your home study provider about that because it, it'll be a little bit different depending on where you live in the U.S., but right. in general, when we say background checks, that could be anything from uh, getting your fingerprint done, uh, your FBI background checks, your local authority mm-hmm. background checks, um, right. those types of things. Child abuse background clearances, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we know what the home study is. We know the purpose of it. We kind of know how long it takes, depending on where you live and your home study provider, but what how do people find good qualified home study providers like you? There are, there really are several ways to do that. Uh, one, I recommend families, if, if you're already working with an agency or an attorney, to get referrals from them because they have already had experiences with different home study providers, and so therefore they may know ones that are qualified and do a good thorough job and you know, also are quick. I also refer families to um, adoption.com. is a very simple website that has a uh, variety of adoption information. And one of the things that they have on that website is an opportunity to click on the state that you live in and find home study providers um, through that state. Uh, now, again, with uh, things like adoption.com, the the home study providers that are listed on those sites, they are really just paying a fee to be listed on them. So that doesn't go with any kind of personal recommendation from adoption.com or anything like that. So when you're looking for a home study provider and you're calling them, there are some important questions that you could ask to help determine if they are um, qualified home study providers. One would be um, how many home studies have you completed uh, You know, during your time as a home study provider. Uh, you certainly want to use someone that has done, you know, completed at least 10, 15 um, home studies so you know that they kind of have an idea of, of how the process works. Um, maybe if there's glitches in the process, they've already had some experience in how to get through those glitches. Um, I've completed over 1,500 home studies. So I think I've, I keep saying that I think I've encountered every situation and scenario possible, but there's always a new one that comes up <laughs> with a, sure. a family or a situation <laughs> with the agency or the adoption itself that always seems to be new. But those, um, you know, how many they've completed, how long they've been doing it. Um, also, just if the home study provider meets the state qualifications for completing a home study. And those can vary from state to state. 
Uh, some states require that your home study be done by a licensed child placing agency. Some states require that they be done uh, by an agency or a um, independent social worker. Uh, other states, you don't necessarily have to be a licensed social worker. There are other professions that can also complete home studies. So again, that will vary somewhat from state to state. Uh, another question, like we just mentioned, is asking the social worker after all the paperwork is completed, how long until the home study is written or how long until you can get an appointment for an actual home visit. Some home study providers can do those things very quickly. Uh, some home study providers, it might just be a side job for them. They may have a full-time job and the, doing the home studies is on the side, so they may not be able to have as much time available to you know, get it written quickly or get the home visit done quickly, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, something else you can ask a family, uh, excuse me, ask a home study provider for is just references, you know, to provide with references from other families who they've completed uh, the home study. So those are, you know, some good places to start. Um, like I mentioned, some states do require that your home study be done by an agency or some specific adoptions require that your home study be done by an agency. For instance, if you're doing an international adoption, your home study must be completed by a Hague accredited agency. And so, again, one more layer of, of questions <laughs> to ask, depending on your own adoption situation. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line here is to make sure you're getting a good qualified home study provider. And uh, to, to ask those kinds of questions are, is good because this home study is going to go through your whole adoption process, and that's going to end up um, in the attorney's hands and it'll go through the finalization. So although that's part of all the paperwork that is required to get your home study complete and legal. Right. And, and because it has, it, it has the word home study, that's the title, I have had situations where families have said, well, gee, you know, my friend's a social worker. She can do the home study, and she's going to do it for free for me. And, you know, I tell them, great, <laughs> you know, go, go for it. And what they don't understand is that, you know, there is specific state uh, paperwork that the that the state requires for the home study. There is certain wording. What I have found um, in Florida, and I think this is probably similar in all other states, when you be, when you do a lot of home studies, you actually become familiar with the wording that different judges in different counties of your state want in the home study. And so I have found that uh, depending on where what county the people are adopting from, there are some phrases that I need to put in the home study just to make the judge happy. That's interesting. Um, yeah, it, you know, it it can it can be as as picky and you know intricate as that. So it's definitely more than just you know being a social worker and being able to follow a few you know. Um, things with the law. It, it, it's, it's really having someone that knows the process. It, for international adoption, there is extremely specific wording that needs to be in a home study that it will not get through the Department of State unless it has very specific sentences in the home study. So there really is a lot of knowledge that goes on behind the scenes in how to do a, a proper home study. Well, that gets back to your point of making sure you're researching and um, vetting the home study provider. I mean, if they've done a lot of them uh, in your specific case in domestic infant adoptions or 
whatever adoption you're involved in, uh, right. then you're you're probably going to be okay because they've done what you want to have them do for you. Correct. Correct. Well, so we know where to find them. We we know what a home study is about. And we kind of know how long it takes. What what would they expect to pay? And that's always a big question because uh, that's one of the factors of paying for your adoption. And I know it, again, it probably varies on where you're located in the U.S., right? Yes, that's that's absolutely true, Tim. It does vary a lot uh, from state to state. Uh, generally, international home studies cost more than domestic home studies. And if you are adopting through a state, the state system, which is not a private adoption, but adopting a child out of foster care, um, many states provide those home studies for free for you. So it's not always, not every single home study is something that you would need to pay for. It depends on your, uh, the, the type of adoption you're doing. I would say, in general, a domestic home study for a domestic adoption costs anywhere between, and this is a wide range, and so I apologize, Anywhere between about six hundred and twenty-four hundred dollars, and an international is anywhere between about a thousand and thirty-five hundred dollars. Um, to be honest with you, I think the range of of uh, with that home study just depends on uh, the number of home study providers in your particular state. Um, the general adoption cost, or the the cost of um, being a home study provider. Uh, different states have different requirements for how much continuing education we need, what's required to be licensed, what's required to continue to renew the agency license. So, um, you know, what is required just to keep all those expenses up is often what drives the cost of the home study. Yeah, it's interesting how much it does vary. Even um, in our home state, we've mm-hmm. noticed that, I mean, it's not huge, but. Uh, you know, several hundred dollars here and there makes a difference in your grand scheme of things and your adoption costs. So, right in in Florida, um, I've noticed the the cost is anywhere from about a thousand dollars to as high as twenty four hundred dollars for a domestic home study. Hmm. We've had some folks on our Facebook group that uh, adoption Facebook group that have said they've well, they wanted to know if three thousand dollars was too much to pay for a home study, and I kind of gasped and I went, ooh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. But again, like you said, it depends on where you live. Um, you may not have another choice. You know, they may all be that much. Right, so. right. And I, I keep my costs way on the lower end just because I try to keep my overhead costs down a lot. Certainly when you have large agencies that have big buildings and maybe do more advertising, things like that, again, their overhead is going to be more and that's going to drive up the cost of their home studies. Yeah. So what are some common perceptions that folks may have about home studies that just you found aren't accurate, but they're, people come up to you all the time and say, oh, I'm worried about this, and that's not really something to worry about? Or... Right. I, I do get families that um, come into the home study process scared to death, and I believe when I talk to them more about it, they kind of have the perception that we as a home study provider are looking for things that are wrong with them. And it's really the very opposite is true. You know, uh, I, I love adoption. I want families to adopt. I want to find great homes for these children. So, you know, I'm trying to help the families to get through the process, not trying to find reasons to deny them. 
So that's a common misperception I think that families have, that we're just kind of looking for everything wrong with them. Um, another one is uh, that there is an exorbitant amount of paperwork in the adoption or in the home study process to try to weed families out. And that is certainly not the reason why there is a lot of paperwork in the home study process. We're not wanting to weed families out. We're not wanting to make things difficult for families. Um, there is quite a bit of paperwork in the home study process because everything that I write in the home study, I have to have some sort of documentation that that's true. So obviously there is paperwork that has to back up um, what I say. Um, most home study providers that have had a lot of experience with home studies like myself really try to streamline the process and make it as, as easy as possible for families. Another uh, thing that families tend to mention a lot to me, this happens all the time, is uh, that you have to you know, make a lot of money to be approved to adopt. And people will call me and say, how much does my salary have to be in order to be approved? And you really don't have to make a lot of money to be approved to adopt. As far as uh, salary indication, you, you do have to make above the poverty level. But um, other than that, we're not looking at how much someone makes um, in order to adopt, we're looking at how they manage their money and do they have enough money left over at the end of the month to take on the additional expenses of a child. So I have had people that um, have made $150,000 a year but are hugely in debt and are living paycheck to paycheck. They don't have, the, they don't have enough money. I mean, they're, they're, they don't have enough as it is month to month. They go in, they're going more in debt every month. So obviously they don't have enough money left over to um, deal with the additional expenses of a child. And on the other hand, I've had families that have made $30,000 a year. And they're absolutely fine because they just have not a lot of expenses and they've managed their money well, and so they have money left over at the end of the month to be able to take on the additional expenses of a child. So the, the how much money you make is not really the issue. It's it's do you have, you know, the money to to raise a child? Do you have the additional money to raise a child? Uh, something else that a lot of families uh, are concerned about is, you know, well, we don't have a nice house. We you know maybe we live in a a single wide trailer, something like that. And um, really, that is not a concern. The concern is that um, your house is safe. The size doesn't matter. The color paint doesn't matter how nice it is really is not as important is just is your house safe um, can you provide a nice environment for a child and that doesn't mean a big expensive house um, and so those are really probably the main things that I think um, people are concerned about that are not accurate I would I would say one more concern that people have is that the home city provider is going to go through their home with a white glove and make sure everything is spotlessly clean um, which again is, is not the case. We all know that our houses are not spotless all the time. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, when we do, once a uh, family adopts, we do what's called post-placement visits that are sometimes required. And I always tell families that if I come to your home and it's spotlessly clean during my post-placement visits, it means that you're spending too much time cleaning your home and not enough time with your child. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell people that, 
you know, I don't expect perfection with your home. Nobody is perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect family. So we would be very out of luck if we were waiting to find the perfect families to adopt. I like that. Yes, that's a very good point because, uh, you know, even after our third one, we're still like, oh, we got to clean the whole house. But, well, okay, we don't have to. We don't have to clean every little nook and cranny, but we'll at least make it look uh, presentable. But right. yes, I, I'm glad you said that. That's a, an important part. And one thing I wanted to touch on that you mentioned, uh, is one thing you re- we really want to provide is a safe environment for children. Can you just briefly describe what that means? Sure. It's, um, you know, it's not only, uh, even though I was talking about the home, um, it's, it's not only the home. Certainly the home, as far as a safe environment, you know, we would want to have fire detectors in the home. We'd want to make sure if you have guns in the home that they're locked up, you know, that type of thing. Um, if you had a dog that was um, extremely um, volatile, you know, that might not be a safe place. Dogs are absolutely fine, but if you have one that might, um, you know, could be dangerous, that might not be a safe environment. And But also, as far as safe environment, would be an environment where, for instance, there's not a significant mental health issue with the parents. There's not um, an abuse of drugs, uh, not a abuse of alcohol, you know, in the family, that type of thing that just is, you know, all around making the environment in the home safe. Got it. Thank you for clarifying that because I've heard it before, but uh, it's not talked about too often, like exactly what safe means. It's probably a little bit of dependent on the home study provider, but some things are general things like you just mentioned. So thank you for that. Right. And, and, you know, it is interesting how, um, you know, the home study and perceptions of what's safe and not safe can be different from state to state. Uh, and I found that with people that have moved down here to Florida from some of the northern states, I've, I've heard a couple of people that have actually said that their home study provider did not feel their home was safe because they had an in-ground pool. Wow. It's something you don't find a lot in the northern states. Of course, down here in Florida, about one in every three people has an in-ground pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so of That's course, a necessity, right? <laughs> you know, we make sure that the baby gate around the pool. These yes. are safety uh, things, features that, that need to be in place when you have a swimming pool. But um, again, it's one of those things where, you know, the home study and what they're looking for does vary somewhat from state to state. Very good. Very good. So uh, we've kind of brushed on this a little bit in everything that we've covered so far. But what are what are some of the major roadblocks or struggles that people have? And you mentioned the fear and that's that's a big thing. And uh, hopefully they have a home study provider that eases their fears. But I, I think you recommended just basically calling them right and talking to them about it and to say, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, I don't know what to expect here. Can you help me before you even get the process started? Right. And, and that is certainly um, the best thing families can do is to be open and upfront with their home study provider um, about any um, concerns they might have. And when I talk to families on the phone before they even hire me, one of the first things I'll ask is, do you have any concerns about getting an approved home study? Because certainly I don't want to, you know, for them to hire me um, when there's something already out there that would just make it impossible for them to be able to adopt. And that is extremely rare, by the way, that there is something out there to make it impossible for them to adopt. But, um, if you, you know, obviously if there was, I'd want to know that right away because I don't want to take their money. I would just let them know, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I can't work with you. 
but the um, you know some of the the roadblocks might be a um, a significant arrest history, and and I say significant and recent. That's actually two. A significant recent arrest history could be a roadblock. Depends on the arrest. Depends on the significance of it. Um, some people feel that if they have an arrest history, they cannot get an approved home study, and that's certainly not the case at all. They would have to provide a final disposition, you know, for how the arrest came out and that kind of thing. But certainly an arrest history is not an automatic denial. Um, uh, if, if the families had, if there is a significant mental health history um, or a significant recent history of drug or alcohol abuse, that could be a concern. Again, that doesn't mean that, oh, I, I take an antidepressant. That is not an automatic denial at all. You know, that's not, that, you know, I always use the word significant recent, <laughs> you know, mental health, Absolutely. drug, alcohol. Um, if they have a life-threatening illness, if it looks like that their life is going to be significantly shortened, you know, for instance, stage four cancer, some, you know, something stage five where it looks like they may not be living the next few years, you know, that would be a concern because we certainly would not want a child who's already experienced some loss from being separated from their birth mother to experience that loss again, you know, so, so quickly. So, um, you know, there, there are some, some things that um, could cause some difficulties with families, but for the most part, um, you know, you can work through most of those things to get an approved home study. It might take a little more of a process, but, but it can happen. Yeah, I think the important part is you mentioned earlier is being upfront and honest. Don't try to hide anything. If you have anything out there, <clears throat> excuse me, if you have anything out there that you may fear that uh, could disrupt your home study process, just be upfront. Say this is this is what it is. This is what here's what I'm concerned about, and how do we work through it? Right, absolutely. Because the the biggest struggle with the with um, myself as a home study provider is when I've asked family-specific questions, they have not answered them honestly, and I've found that out because then it's a whole struggle of, well, what else are you not telling me? And that um, significantly can disrupt your home study process when you're just not honest. And, you know, the... um, you know, what's so important in just remembering about the home study process, and this is what I try to tell families, and I, I know it can be so easy for families to kind of get caught up in, you know, I've had so many struggles, you know, wanting to be a parent, starting a family. It's one roadblock after the other. Uh, you know, I, I deserve to have an approved home study and, you know, uh, and getting a little bit resentful of having to go through that process. And what we really have to remember is that adoption is a way that we are finding wonderful homes for innocent, vulnerable children. Adoption really isn't, you know, for giving parents children. Does that make sense? The purpose of adoption isn't to find parents a child. It's to find children homes. Yes. Safe, good, caring, loving homes. homes do need to be checked out. And, you know, we check out homes when we bring home puppies. Yep. You know, <laughs> they usually ask you questions about what kind of home are you going to provide for your puppy. Certainly, we need to do the same thing with um, adoption. We want to make sure these children are going into safe, loving homes where they're going to thrive. 
because these children have no say in where they go. It's it's up to us as responsible adults. Very, very well said. That's a great way to, to wrap it up. I, I think we could talk a lot more about home study. Maybe we'll have to have you back on to, to go through some more questions because I'm sure there are a lot more. I know there are more I have. Uh, but let's uh, let's say, what would families, where would you tell families to go if they want to learn more about the home study process, especially like in their home state? I think the best, because it does vary from state to state, uh, one of the best places to go would be, if you really wanted to find out the intricacies of a home study, is to go to your own state's law. Um, there's statutes in your state's law that talk about exactly what needs to be in the home study. So you could go there. Um, in Florida's Chapter 63, you know, you could go there and find out exactly what needs to be in the home study and what uh, the social worker or agency needs to do. Um, and then also, like I had mentioned before, just uh, talking to agencies and uh, home study providers about their process. What I have found, one thing I have found on, that some families do make mistakes about is they go on the web and look for um, information about the home study process, and they end up finding information about the home study process maybe in another state or about an adoption that isn't anywhere like their own adoption. For instance, they might find out about, read about uh, the home study through a state adoption where a private home study could be very different. And so that's something to keep in mind when you are researching the home study process. I use the analogy, it's kind of like if you were going to have a root canal, which is considered a, a surgery, and so you go on the web and look up surgery to find out what your surgery is going to be like, you know, and you might be reading about quadruple bypass surgery, which is a totally different kind of surgery. <laughs> hmm what a root canal would be. <laughs> and so it's similar with, with the home study process. Yes. You have to be careful what you're reading about because it may be something that doesn't relate to your particular circumstance at all. Absolutely great advice. Yes. Go talk to your local provider or multiple providers, just like you would um, try to vet your agencies uh, who you're going to work with uh, to help you adopt. I mean, right. you're asking them tons of questions. You want to feel that comfort level with them. Um, you want to know what their background is and how long they've been doing it, all those types of things. Do the same thing with your home study provider. And a lot of people may get their home study provider through their agency that they're working with, and that's okay too. Right. But just um, don't be afraid to ask questions and ask multiple people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. And then, you know, during the home study process, you know, the, the thing that will just make it easier for families, and we'd already mentioned that is, you know, to be honest, uh, with your provider, it's always good to go into your home study process being organized, having a sense of organization, being a little bit flexible with you might be asked a few things or to get a few pieces of paperwork um, later in the process so that you need some flexibility. And then also just to be thorough with your process and don't try to go through shortcuts with it um, because that usually will slow down your process. If, if you're like, oh, I have a background clearance that I had done three years ago, I'll just try to use that. Well, those can't be used. And so sometimes I get families who are trying to kind of do shortcuts, and it, turn, it tends to lengthen the process a bit. Good point. Good point. Well, thank you so much for all your information and insights. Where could people find uh, you, more about you on the web? It's really easy to find out about what I do in my agency. Um, if you go to Adoption Support 
www.sarahmartinservices.com. You can find out about more about my history and what I do in helping uh, families with home studies. We also are on Facebook. Look for Adoption Support Services of Florida on Facebook. Like our page. Uh, You can get some great information and stories about adoption and the home study process. And I'm always very excited to be um, posting pictures of families who have recently adopted their children. So that's one of my favorite parts of my job is posting those stories on Facebook just so the world can can share in that joy with me in helping families complete their their, uh, adoption, which is wonderful. Very fun. Yes, that's that's the... The best part about the adoption process is when you get to post those pictures and uh, share with the world uh, that you've adopted. I've it is. It is. It's just it's great such joy. a joy and yes. a blessing to me to be a part of it. Well, thanks, Lori, for joining us. Uh, you've you've done a great job sharing all the information with us about home studies. I, we're, we're definitely more educated than we were, so thank you so much for joining us today. Well, great. That is, that is what I'm here for, is to educate families and just try to help them out in whatever way I can. Great. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. Yep. Take care. All right. Great interview with Lori Frost teaching us all about adoption, home studies. Uh, we just really enjoyed the conversation with her and we just really nailed a lot of subjects on in, in within the adoption home study process. So I hope you enjoyed that. I know I certainly did. And there's, there is more information you can learn about adoption home studies as Lori's suggested. Um, I have some resources on my page at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash start. There's some good articles about adoption home studies, uh, where you can find providers and things like that in there. So I encourage you to go there, find much more information about domestic infant adoption as well. Um, But I really would like to provide you four free adoption resources. These will help you save time, money, and stress on your journey. And all you need is just to enter your email address so I can send them to you. And if you go to infantadoptionguide.com forward slash welcome, you can instantly get these four free resources. Just enter your email address. I'll send them to you. And uh, I hope they will help you on your journey. Uh, If you want even more information, I have a seven-step resource guide available on amazon.com. Very inexpensive, $3.99. So very inexpensive uh, to just grab this. It's uh, a download you can get off of amazon.com. Uh, you can find it at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash seven steps. Uh, so thank you so much for, for listening today. Uh, I really enjoy bringing these to you every week. If you have an idea of something that you would like to hear about, uh, please let me know on my contact page over at infantadoptionguide.com. I always look forward to, to hearing your questions or listening to uh, what feedback you have for me and what you'd like to hear on this show or for me to write about on the on the blog. So thank you so much. If, if you would, please leave me an honest review on iTunes. You can listen to the show there and leave an honest review at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash iTunes. So thank you so much. Hope you all have a great week and uh, talk to you next time.